Thank you so much for uh, being with us again today. It's Sandy Waters, and this is Neighbors in Need. And we invited back our guests from Epilepsy Prelude. We have Jeff Sinzebox, the president and CEO, and Paul Akers, the vice president of Community Services. Thank, thank you for being here. Thank you for having us on. Yes, thank you. Okay, so last time, Jeff, when we were in, and you had brought Mike in at that time, it felt like, I mean, here we have 15 minutes. Uh-huh. It felt like we hardly scratched the surface of all the things that you guys do and all the information that you could give us. So we invited you back in. Okay. And I don't know if Mike didn't uh, enjoy his time or what. <laughs> Mike but... always enjoys his time. <laughs> no, he likes talking. So, yeah. <laughs> but Paul is with us now today. And I wanted to go through maybe just break it down what you guys do, who you serve, how you how you serve those uh, those individuals. And let's start first with the name Epilepsy Prelude. Where did it come about the name? Yeah, it's pretty interesting. We go by EPI. So you, okay. could, you could call us EPI if you'd like. Uh, we're actually the merging of two separate agencies. You had the Epilepsy Foundation of Rochester, Syracuse and Binghamton. And Prelid was an agency, and that's an acronym for People Rebuilding and Living in Dignity. Okay. Um, both agencies serve people with brain injuries. Uh, both uh, agencies serve people with developmental disabilities. There was a lot of common ground in what we did. Okay. And um, so we came together in 2012, uh, finalized in 2013. And that hyphen, that epilepsy prelude, that hyphen represents a marriage of equals. That was really what we wanted to portray. It wasn't one agency taking over the other. It was two coming together in a partnership to bring out the best of both agencies. So that's where we got our unusual name. How long did it take? Because with, you know, every year that passes, there's more research. There's more of that. Oh, this is connected to that. How long did it take to say, well, brain injury is connected to you know, this other. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's kind of unusual in that, that, you know, uh, epilepsy and brain injuries are, are the types of, of disability that they piggyback with other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, developmental disability probably being a, an overarching theme uh, that connects it, but it was really about the approach and the way that services uh, were delivered that really kind of helped bring us together. Okay. Was it a challenge to marry all those together? All the, you know, you have developmental disabilities, you have brain injuries, you have epilepsy, you have autism, and everything really is all under the same umbrella. But a lot of individuals think of them as very separate. Yeah. So so you can look at it a, a couple different ways. One is if a person who has uh, epilepsy comes to us and, and hits our intake program in, in Paul's department, um, we can look at them and say, do they have epilepsy as a standalone? And then we have a funding stream to cover that. Do okay. they have epilepsy and a brain injury? And then there's might be another funding stream to do that. Epilepsy and a developmental disability, another funding stream to do that. So to the individual who comes to us, uh, for them, it's I need help or I need assistance. They come in and then we help connect them to things. So there's a lot more connectivity and we actually can smooth things out on the back end. Probably the primary way that it's the same as the approach that we take to, to services. And, and, you know, Paul is a great uh, champion of, of person-centered services. It's a uh, kind of a buzz terminology. Everybody kind of has to give it at least lip service, but <laughs> it's something that we really live and breathe and do. So, you know, we believe that everyone we serve should live in the least restrictive environment they should mm-hmm. be in and really live the life that they want to live. And the more in control of that they are, 
uh, the better off. And I think that's really the common theme is that we do a really nice job of listening to the individual, finding out what they want, and then letting them control the outcomes of what they do without any judgment being passed on what they're looking to do or uh, that uh, there's um, in this field, there's a desire to be protective because you're working with such vulnerable people sometimes mm. and a desire to guide people in the kind of services they get. But people tend to thrive most when they're in control of their own lives, as we all know. So there's that's really the overarching theme. So it's not really about what is the the barrier standing in the way of getting the life that you want. It's really about uh, making an individualized plan for everybody that comes to us and walking them through. And I think moving away from supporting the diagnosis and we're supporting an individual because an individual is more than just a diagnosis. So again, somebody might have more than one diagnosis and that might inform us on how to best support them. But as Jeff was saying, we want to make sure that we are helping people engage in things that are important and meaningful to them, that they're a part of the community that they want to be a part of, that they're um, they're building relationships that are important to them, that they're doing the things that they want to do and they're not pigeonholed based on uh, their label of, of having a certain yeah. diagnosis. What is the biggest hurdle, I guess? Is it just getting the word out that, hey, you guys, we're here, we're here to help? Or what do you feel? It, do individuals easily find you guys or... I would say no. Um, okay. I, I would say, you know, uh, we, we're not a, a household name. A lot of people have not heard of who we are, even though we're a pretty large organization. We have, you know, over 500 employees. We have offices in Syracuse, Binghamton. We're housed here in Rochester. It's not like you're new either. You've been around. No, for... we, we've been around. So we're, we're not good at self-promotion that way. But But people tend to hear about us through the grapevine uh, okay. about about approaches and styles. So we, we do have a, a pretty good referral mechanism in which people come yeah. to us. Yeah, and I think the, you know pre-merge, I think it's important to understand both those agencies were pioneering agencies. I think mm-hmm. Epilepsy Foundation was really a pioneering agency in this region in terms of supporting people with epilepsy. And even more so, Prelude was a pioneering agency in brain injury, not just locally, but in the state as far as creating services for people that weren't getting services before. Yeah. So as we merge these two, I think part of our challenge is to let people know that you know we are the continuation of those very important legacies in this in this community. How many people do you help? It's over 6,000 people a wow. year. Uh, so it's a lot of people. And we serve, well, one of the things that's uh, kind of a source of pride for us is we serve probably one of the widest spectrums of need that you can have. Mm-hmm. Um, so on our highest need individuals, which are small numbers of people with very big need, um, we we are kind of a an anti-institutionalization organization. Mm-hmm. We've We've removed... Uh, several people from different institutional settings, uh, uh, settings where uh, 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 brain injury institutions, developmental disability institutions, sometimes mental health, nursing homes. And we get them into uh, these are people that don't have choices of their service. And I always, you know, I always say to employees when I talk to them, uh, you get a room full of them. You say, how many people aspire to live in a nursing home? How many people aspire to live in a mental health facility, right? So these are people that have no choices, and these are environments that that there isn't a lot of dignity. There's good medical care, but yeah. and there's good clinical care to the diagnosis, like Paul was talking about, but there isn't really good quality of life. What is it that you want in life? What do you want to do? And so we take those folks and we bring them out and we give them choice. That's one end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum is very light touch point. There are people that we serve with the epilepsy services 
that might just come to a teen weekend or come to our camp for kids with epilepsy once a year in a quick touch point. That's it. College scholarships, that kind of thing. So that theme of of just listening to where a person is, uh, making sure that we hear what they want and and look at their choices and then lay out an individualized plan for them. So if you said, what is it that you do? I could you know, we could say. Generically, we run residential services and we have advocacy services and we do day training services. Um, but but really, it's whatever that individual wants, then we try and lay out that custom course of action. And so it, that's really success is a one person at a time thing. For and us. it keeps going back to that individual, customizing mm-hmm. each individual. That mm-hmm. must be so challenging yeah. because everybody is so unique. Yes. Yes. How is that something that's a need right now is to get volunteers or staff or yeah so so the 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 challenge is well you know one of the things that we've been looking at um and developing and we've done this for a while is type of service called self-direction okay uh so the idea is in traditional services you have a model you have a group home you have a day program and you put somebody in it and they fit or they don't fit in your environment okay um we're trying to move into an environment where uh someone is given a pot of money to control the services they want so if if you want to take a martial arts class as opposed to going to a clinical counseling to help you with your self-discipline and control, you can do that. If you want to um, get trained on, on on living independently or do something like that, you can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're taking on, you want to talk a little bit about the initiative. We're, we're, it's, it's hard to help people get that customized life experience because you're constantly checking yourself because we've all been taught to be sort of parental with individuals with high needs. So why don't you talk about some of the stuff we're doing now, Paul? Right. Well, I think what I want to talk a little bit more about self-direction because that's a big push um, for a lot of different agencies and community-wise as far as and what self-direction is. And self-direction is basically the person directing their own services or the family members helping the person direct their own services. Uh, somebody uh, that I know that gets self-direction, she um, she's very insistent on hiring her own. She chooses who she's going to hire. She does the hiring herself. She does the interviewing herself. And she said it was really important for her to do that piece because she she requires a lot of physical and hands-on care. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, Paul, think of it this way. Who would you want to see you naked? You know, do you want somebody just sent to your house, ringing the doorbell and coming in and saying, I'm here to, yeah, you know, provide yeah. personal care? Or do you want somebody that you know well, that you trust, that you feel comfortable with to be able to f- provide that intimate and frequent care? And uh, that really kind of always resonated with me across the board is that, you know, if we're going to have people coming into our homes and helping us out mm-hmm. in very intimate settings, then we should have some sort of control as to who that's going to be. And especially in the developmental disability world, that's we're really moving more towards that because I think people are understanding how important that is for people to have as much control over how their supports are given as possible. And that's something that we're very committed to doing and something that we're really pushing as well. Um, I think we're going to grow in that department that, pretty significantly yeah, this year that's be- nice because, because there's right. a huge need for it. There was a time where that wasn't the case. It was, I think you're right, the, it wasn't uh, in in a bad way or a malicious way, but the parental, okay, I know what you need. And you're right. We, we didn't take the time right, yeah. to say, yeah, I, I think there's this, and still to a degree, this kind of assumption of philosophy that if I need some help, that means that you get to have control over all my help. Yeah. And yeah. that's, or even the help that I need. And 
Um, I think we're finding that that's not really the case. Just because I need maybe help with some bathing or help with my money management doesn't mean I need you to make decisions yeah. for me around other things in my life, like who I'm going to hang out with and where I go from yeah. for fun and things of that sort. Yeah, we, we all do things, you know, we might uh, drink alcohol, we might uh, smoke cigarettes, we might eat unhealthy foods, we make choices like this. But picture if doctors were controlling every aspect of your life and they they regimented how you exercised and what you put in your body and when you did it and and while you would be compliant you probably would not have a high quality of life because mm-hmm. in addition to losing control of what you do you're missing out on on those added pieces and so no one can tell us what to do but yet it's okay for us to tell somebody with a special need what they can yeah. and can't do. So the idea is to try and get away from that. And and in Paul's uh, department, we've made this really big effort. Uh, we're digging apart everything, every policy and procedure in the agency, everything that we do, we're just kind of shredding it apart and looking at it and saying, is this supporting people in the fullest extent possible to be in control? So from everything from like the thermostats in our group homes, do the individuals who live there have control over them at at any point in time from something that simple to how do we handle our money and how do we hire staff and how do we include the people that, 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 you know, we do right on to strategically what we're doing as an agency. And Paul talked about, and how do we have decisions around our own health care as well? If you know, I, don't want to take a medication. Am I making a good decision around that? And yeah. do I have the uh, power to say, well, you know what, this medication doesn't make me feel good. So I should be able to say, I don't want to take this med. There should be an alternative to taking that medication. So, and health out and health choices in general, who my doctor is, yeah. uh, yeah. what dentist do I go to? Now this approach is obviously more time consuming, mm-hmm. uh, more of a challenge, but it just shows that you guys are doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. Epilepsy mm-hmm. prelude is in existence because you truly do want to help individuals. And that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so, it's so awesome to hear that you really generally deep down want individuals just to live a happy, yeah. fulfilled life. Yeah. And if you need the assistance or guidance um, from Epilepsy Prelude, you can reach out to them. Uh, let's go through first how we can reach out to you. And then if we could, because um, again, we're running out of time and it's like we barely I started talked about, Well, I, I, I thought we had quite a bit left. I know. You, you probably think everyone who works for us talks as much as we do. It's just awesome. We, we well, because you guys are so passionate about it. And that's what's so refreshing to yeah. hear. Yeah. Um, okay. So first, how do we reach out to you? And then if we can go through some of the calendar, uh, like the upcoming events? Sure. Uh, So you can uh, probably the best way is to go on our website. It's uh, www.epiny.org. It's a great way. Our calendar's on there. Contact information, those things. Our main line is uh, 442-6420. So you could call that line um, and and get connected to to any of us. Uh, Those are probably the best ways I'd say to get a hold. and then the big upcoming events. That uh, we can have, big upcoming events. So November is Epilepsy Awareness Month. So we have uh, dinner with the doctors and support groups and some other information. On, all on our website. All yes. on the website. <laughs> uh, November 28th, we have a fundraiser at the uh, Black Button Distillery. Uh, it's called Cocktails and Conversations. So you can come out with us then. It's $25 a person. That's 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. that night. And then, of course, our, uh, on December 7th, we have a holiday party we do for children 
that that we provide service to. Santa Claus comes. We oh. give out presents. Um, mm-hmm. That I believe Who's Santa Claus again. This uh, Mr. Mike Riddell is our, our Santa Claus. He is. Surprise. He will make you believe in Santa Claus yes. um, when you meet with him. And then, of course, on February third. Uh, is our chocolate ball, our largest fundraising event that supports people with epilepsy. And, and really a lot of the epilepsy services, what Mike does and, and, and some of the pieces we're talking about today are funded from the money generated at that event. So that'll be at the, at the Hyatt. It's a great uh, time and you get to eat uh, dessert before you eat dinner. So yes. it's, it's a great way to uh, come and enjoy some time with us. Awesome. And these services for the individuals are free? Uh, for individuals that have Medicaid and, and meet criteria, they're usually free. Uh, the ones that aren't free, we, we tend to subsidize pretty heavily. Okay. Uh, so uh, even even if there is a fee for the small number of people that do have to pay for services, uh, the fees are, are very minimal and, and contingent upon income. Yeah, sometimes we'll work with folks to be able to secure funding streams okay. Okay. as well. Yeah. So that shouldn't... No, uh, people should, should call first yeah. Yeah, and don't make the assumption that you can't afford it. Yes. Wonderful. Thank you so much for everything that you do. Thank you for having us on. Thank you so much.